1: Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today we are joined by TikTok star, Ellie Zeiler, who at just 18 years old has built a community of over 12.5 million followers. As a high schooler, when the COVID-19 shutdown happened, Ellie used her free time to start creating content on TikTok and has now become one of the most notable names on the platform for her really fun, easygoing, big sister-like content across fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. She's partnered with brands like Fendi, Dior, Levi's, and Lancome, and recently worked with the White House to help push important initiatives like voting, restoring abortion rights, and more to her audience. In this episode, Ellie gives us a behind-the-scenes look at becoming a full-time content creator. Her best tips for social media growth, I heard a rumor that she actually gained a million followers in two weeks once. And a look at her new podcast, I'll Be Your Sister. I hope you guys love the episode. Before we dive in, I want to ask a quick favor of all of you. If you're listening right now and love the show, please go to our homepage and write a review of the podcast. I can't tell you guys how much this helps the show grow. It helps with discovery, getting new listeners, and of course, I just would really appreciate the support. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure you follow us and, of course, read the show. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here's my friend, Ellie Zeiler. Ellie, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of course. so cool. Thanks. (laughs) I'm so honored anytime anyone walks into the studio and they're like, wow. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I love my job. How's your day going? It's going well. How's yours? It's good. We were talking earlier about how I'm just like so happy that we are out of this crazy early January rain in LA. It was
0: so hectic. I know. And I feel like with the cold weather going into January and February, it's like not fun because in December, it's like the holidays and we all embrace it. And now it's just like, oh, okay.
1: Well, I'm so happy you're here. You're someone who I truly love to follow, especially on TikTok. I just find you to be so much fun. So down to earth. And like the fact that you're 18 is wild to me. And I remember being 18 and I had just moved to New York and I was at NYU and I was at the pizza shops at four in the morning going out with friends and I was not doing what you're doing. So I just commend you a ton. And I'm so excited that you're here and to get to hear more about all the things that you're doing. Thank you so much. Of that course. means a lot to me. Yeah, You seemed very excited when I
0: said New York or NYU. Yeah, because that was my dream school before I started social media. And I feel like I don't know what it is, but anyone that like went to NYU or had a thought to go to NYU, I feel like I just get along with them really well. So I feel like it's a type of person.
1: You're 100% right. As someone who graduated from there, I can say going to NYU is a very specific type of person. You have to like be okay with not having gone to school, really. I mean, you do, but you're part of the city. And if it gives you any consolation, I think what you're doing now is what you'd be doing if you were there, but you just fast-tracked a little bit. Yeah. Everyone I know who went to NYU worked at the same time and started their careers, and that's really what it's all about. So yeah.
0: you did it anyway. It makes me feel a lot better. Thank totally. you. Totally, 100%. Yeah. I think in the next couple of years, I'll move to New York too. I need to like, my mom always says like everyone in their life should move to New York once. And I think it's coming up for me.
1: Your mom is 100% right. (laughs) She is. I think, look, like you're at this incredible age where like the world is your oyster. And especially for what you do, I say this to other creators all the time. Living in New York for me was the most valuable experience I ever had because you meet so many people, you make connections, you're forced to kind of assimilate into the world that is New York. And mm-hmm. there are so many different types of people. You meet people from literally everywhere around the world. And I just think being able to live in a place where you're also working in an industry where that's the center, yeah, I think is so important. And just for anyone in their 20s, like it's just the most formative, incredible
0: experience to be there on I your agree. own. That's what was scary is that when I turned my whole life, I was like, when I turn 18, I'm moving to New York. And then I started this in like, I am waiting to get, I feel like it's definitely a jump. I think
1: anybody listening right now that has never moved away from home, moving away from home is truly one of the best blessings and gifts you can give yourself. Mm -hmm. It just pushes you out of your comfort zone and you meet an
0: entirely new part of yourself that you would have never met. That's so true. I'm waiting. Well- I feel like I kind of had that when I moved to L.A. and, like, yeah, moved out you and moved. live yeah, alone. Yeah, you moved. Yeah. yeah Give totally. yourself the credit. Even Thank if you're you. moving
1: within the state, like, I just think moving out of your comfort zone is so key.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree. Even if it's, like, not great because I was even talking about this past week how when I moved here, I'm, like, re-upping on my lease for my apartment. I've been in L.A. a year, which is so crazy. And I'm like, I don't know if I should move. I don't know if I should stay and all these different things. And I feel like I need to stay to live it through where did when you moved to New York did you like it instantly or was uh, it like n-
1: no yeah that's I, no <laughs> I don't know a lot of people that move to a city and really like it immediately I think it's hard I think yeah. just anytime you're out of your comfort zone anytime you're not at your local coffee shop or any of those things it is so oh it feels so sticky I just got like a chill down my spine because I remember being so uncomfortable And so away from what I knew was familiar.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: so glad that I pushed past it and stayed past that first year. I remember thinking of transferring and moving home. I'm so glad that I didn't because once I hit that other side, the other side was incredible. Like I had my friend group. I knew what I was doing. And that takes a long time. Mm -hmm. It really does. Like you have to get into your own routine and find people that have similar routines to you. And it just takes time. But you're in your first year. Do you you like it now? Or are you still kind of in that phase?
0: I'm... I am still kind of in that phase, which is like difficult to admit. But I also just feel like especially coming back from the holidays, it's hard because I feel like moving out in that first year or two is like you always have to have your guard up. Like I feel like I'm always here like protecting myself where I never feel fully comfortable. And so going home, it's so easy to fall back into like, oh, this is so nice. I feel comfortable and I can be myself. And I think that I'm waiting, but I'm also, I think that I'm I'm getting there here. So we'll see. I would say when I moved back to LA, I had
1: such a hard time as well coming back. And the most important thing for me was reaching out to other creators that I knew that lived nearby and mm-hmm. had really similar realities to me. Yeah. And I could feel safe. And like, I knew someone that was experiencing something similar to me yeah, and being able to like have that connection with someone, know that, oh, I'm going to this event tonight. Maybe they are too. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm not going alone. Yeah, I would say like try and reach out to as many people as you know that like you follow in love, like slide in the DM, be like, hey, like, do you want to grab a coffee? Like that for me was so, so, so crucial when I moved back here and like rebuilding my community and like finding my place and how I fit in.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. I feel like at least for my age, the people that do what I do, like all of I feel like all of us have our guard up, like really not knowing what's going on. It's kind of still new and fresh. So I think I'm getting to that point. But that's good advice. I think
1: <laughs> It's the most underrated way of making new friends. And I love when I get to meet people in real life who I follow and like love to see digitally. Mm-hmm. Like that's the point of Instagram. Meet in real so life. True. like Make those friends like some of my favorite people that I've met and like peers in this industry that I love and I'm so grateful that I have in my life are people who I've said like, hey, we follow each other and comment on each other's stuff all the time. And like, I love what you do and vice versa. Like, let's yeah. actually be friends.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling inspired. This there is you what go. I need. i okay. I okay. <laughs> love to hear
1: it. Okay. Let's rewind a ton. <laughs> I want to hear about when you first got interested in creating
0: content. I feel like my whole life I've been creating content, I started creating content when I was like in middle school and high school. I was always that like film girl who was I was the director of my school's news program and all these different things. I really wanted to go to NYU film school like my whole life. It was what I was going to do. And when we got into quarantine, I downloaded TikTok for the first time. And I feel like that is when I really fell in love with literally filming every single part of my life and sharing it with people, which is really crazy to say, because Like two and a half years ago. And like on one end, it feels like I've been doing it my whole life. And then on the other, it feels like I just started.
1: I mean, it felt like such a crazy time. I've had a few people on the show who also have said a really similar story. Yeah. It's such a cliche
0: story. I feel like saying out loud.
1: (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, we had Davis Burleson on the show, but he said the same thing. He was like, I, you know, the shutdown happened. I was in high school. I didn't know what to do with my day. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to post five videos a day. And he did it. And that just kind of became his passion and his his purpose in that moment.
0: So wild that this TikTok is my first job ever.
1: Oh my God, what a weird thing to say. Isn't that so
0: weird to say out loud? But not
1: uncommon for the time that we live in.
0: That's very true. Where I feel like when I did first start, it was very uncommon, which it's very cool to see like it all grow where... I've been on a lot of trips and like met a lot of people in this industry that were like at the start of YouTube and at the start of Instagram. And I feel like I was at the start of TikTok, which is really cool to say.
1: I love hearing you say that because that was my really similar experience. But with Instagram, I was living in New York and... Instagram, when I went to school, was still that, you know, a platform where we posted like food we were eating and like random things. I miss those times, And like honestly. everything was like in the rainbow filter. <laughs> and I started working in fashion and I was posting what I was doing and where where I was going and the things I was seeing, the people I was meeting. And slowly it started to grow and people were interested in what I was doing and following me. And then Instagram became what Instagram is now. Yeah. And I I kind of fell into it because the platform was taking off at the same time as my career was. Yeah. And so I totally relate to what you're saying where it's like, it wasn't this plan. I didn't like go to school to become an influencer or a content creator. Yeah. But how does that feel for you to kind of be at the point in time where this platform becomes so huge?
0: It is really surreal to like get to be here and say that out loud because I feel like my whole life, like I grew up where I feel like my parents grew up on like watching movies and shows and things like that. And I grew up watching YouTube and like, like I got Instagram when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, which is really crazy. Unreal, (laughs) yeah. So to like grow up with this and then be a part of the industry is so surreal and so cool to like be a TikToker, especially in the age of TikTok and when it's like blew up on fire. And also, I'm sure like you can relate to like seeing the different trends that, like the algorithm and the different trends that like you saw go through. Instagram and like I'm seeing go on TikTok where when I first started TikTok nobody was talking nobody like it was solely like the dance dance videos the like not sharing anything about your life and then now it's like all people want to do is see people talk which is really cool to see.
1: I have to say like I love seeing your optimism about your first job and being a TikToker because I went through such a weird period of my career where it was like taboo or not widely accepted to be like, oh, I'm an influencer. Mm -hmm. Like people were always like, oh. And so, you know, I always was so nervous and people were like, what do you do? it's really awesome to see this next generation just totally embrace it. And because it has been such a life-changing thing for you. So it's just, it's awesome to see.
0: Thank you. I, to be quite honest, just recently got to that point where, and I'm still kind of in the same situation where I like come here and I feel welcomed, like you understand it. And so I feel open to like be excited about it versus I'm still like, when I meet kids who are my age, like 18 and 19, I meet, and I meet their parents and they're like, what? You live in L.A. and you live by yourself and you don't go to school. Like, what do you do? I'm like, I do real estate and I have a podcast. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that I'm a TikToker. But it is really cool to like finally be able to accept that it is something now that like everyone is kind of joining and getting on to. So yeah. it wasn't always like that. But I appreciate you saying that. Yeah.
1: I want to hear a ton about your growth because you have like over 10 million followers on TikTok, which is...
0: Isn't that so weird to say or like, it's weird for me to hear.
1: I was doing a little research on you and there was a moment where you said that you had gained over a million followers within like a two week span. And I want to hear about what that experience was like and what you think the key to that momentum was for you growing in this space.
0: So when I first started TikTok, I downloaded it. I wasn't Allowed to have TikTok at the time. Like, I was in high school. I had like straight A's. I was playing sports. I was doing all these things. And like, my parents were very anti social media, not anti social media, but kind of like, if you're not going to post things and like take it seriously, then you can't just watch what other people are doing. And so I decided to download TikTok when we were in quarantine. Two weeks later, it like jumped and I had a million followers, which is really, really crazy. I think that like what kept the momentum going was I remember specifically sitting down with my dad. And at at the beginning when I started TikTok, I got a lot of hate and it was really hard at first. And I remember two weeks in, I was crying to my parents and being like, I don't know like why I'm doing this or why I'm like getting all this hate or like subjecting myself to getting negative energy and feedback in my life and my dad sat me down and he was like Ellie like only a certain amount of people get handed an opportunity like this in their life like are you going to take it and like treat it as a career or are you going to like let it pass you by and so i think that like the momentum for me kept going because i fully decided to like treat it like a job and like davis said I was like, I'm going to post four to five times a day. I was like taking around my tripod around my house, changing outfits for every video, whether it be like an hour apart, planning out all my content, really like diving into it. And I think that I wouldn't have kept that momentum going if I didn't fully dive into it, as I just said. So,
1: I was pretty moved by what you just said, just because internet hate to me is so in my world, impossible to deal with. Like yeah. if I get one DM, I kind of shatter on the inside. It's really inspiring to hear you say that it was kind of that moment that changed it for you and actually gave you the momentum to keep going. Yeah. You're so yourself on the internet. I feel like meeting you now is exactly who I feel like <laughs> I know watching on TikTok. And I Thank just you. would love to hear a little bit about what kind of gives you that internal power to, to just fully be
0: yourself online. Yeah. I think that similar to me finally accepting that it's okay to like call myself a TikToker and influencer in this day and age, it took me a long time to be able to fully open myself up onto the internet again. So in my mind, I was kind of thinking like, I'm not going to show who I fully like the, like my full self, because if you fully hate me for exactly who I am, then like, that's when I'll really be crushed. Where right now, like in the beginning, I felt like I could deal with the hate because on the inside, I was like, no one knows who I fully am. But I think that for how I like have stayed authentic and stayed myself is I, I I feel like when I notice myself watching too much of other people's content and like diving too deep into other people's lives is when I start to lose my opinion on things and like who I am. and so, I know, like, for example, if I want to post a video getting ready for the day and like saying what I'm doing, whatever, I don't I'm not going to watch other people's or else it will like somehow creep into my content as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Because as a creator, I can totally relate to
1: that. I feel that often. And someone came on the show at the end of last year that said something that has like deeply resonated with me and I haven't forgot it. She said, the more that you allow outside influences to infiltrate your story, the sooner that you're going to lose your own plot. Ah. And I loved that because I was like, I feel like in today's world, we're so inundated with content of, you know, you can open up any platform and it's just everyone's lives that it's so easy to almost assimilate into, you know, what other people expect you to be and not pay attention to what other people are doing. And I'm just going to create what I want to create today. Yeah. I think is an incredible way to be.
0: Thank you. I. I agree. And also like with that being said, sharing what I want, where I feel like now being on TikTok and social media, everyone's trying to one up like how open we can be and like yes. <laughs> how much we can share with the world and explain all these things that are going on. And so I think that like, again, putting your blinders on and just being like, who am I? Like, what is my personal opinion? Because it's so easy to just be like, oh, well, what's her opinion? And that's what I'm going to think as well how do you create those boundaries? Like what
1: is kind of your moral compass on what you choose to share and what you wanna keep private? And also on top of that, like when you decide to turn off and not constantly share, because that's something that's hard for me. It's like, it's a Saturday morning and I just kinda wanna wake up and have coffee with my fiance and walk my dog. But the creator in me is always like, what are you sharing today? Yeah. So where do those boundaries fall for you?
0: Well, I'm still figuring that out. Some like I'm still getting to the point where I need to like turn off my phone at the end of the day. I think for me, like my morning routine is really where I like don't go on my phone a lot, which is so cliche to say again. Like, let's be honest, I I wake up and I go on my phone. Yes. But after I go (laughs) on my phone and I scroll on TikTok and I catch up on everything. That's when like I have this very specific, like wake up, coffee, walk, dog, workout. Then finally I can like, go into sharing my life but I think that for me it's been interesting and I wonder if it's for you too because I think that I am trying to like every day I'm trying to open up a little bit more I've gotten the advice to like get one percent better every single day like not every day Mm -hmm. needs to be like I'm sharing my whole life story on the internet every single day it can just be like a little piece a little piece a little piece and now like Two and a half later, two and a half years later, it feels like I've shared a lot of my life. And for me, I feel like I go through ups and downs of that where sometimes I do want to be really open and I want to share everything about my life. And then other times I feel like being closed up and that's just being a human in my opinion. What are you afraid
1: of? Like what keeps you up at night as someone who has a career on the internet?
0: Hmm. Um, A lot of things. I think for me, It's hard that I put so much. What a scary question. It's hard that I put so much pressure on my social media career. I think that like as a content creator and someone that started at like the beginning of TikTok where it was so easy to post a dance video and get a million likes and like that was how the app was versus everyday kind of being like how can I share more and like what's going to be next like how can I create another viral thing and another thing and like top the next one and and it like can get you in a rat race and that's really what keeps me up at night is like oh I just posted that video like if if it doesn't do well then like am I going to delete it am I not what are going to people are going to say about it and I hate this word so much because it really does deeply scare me but like continuing to be relevant. I hate it so much because like in my personal, like in my world, in my family, I'm always going to be relevant with like my brothers and my parents and things like that. But like in the career, like I, I've put so much pressure on it now. It's like my whole life. I like live it every single day, That it's really scary.
1: It's funny. We were just talking about this and I said like universally that I think every creator out there faces that fear of mm-hmm. staying relevant. Mm-hmm. And I find it funny that before you prefaced saying I hate saying this because I just like I hate this word and I
0: hate all these things. It really makes my skin itch on the inside, like saying relevant yeah. or irrelevant. You yeah,
1: know? no, it makes sense because I think I think in my from where I sit as a creator, the scariest thing is that at any point in time, as a 28 year old content creator, an entirely new platform can come up and completely shift Mm -hmm. my entire work being to its core. And that has happened and it will happen again to me, to you, to all of us. I know. And so, you know, when TikTok came out, I was like, what is this thing? I'm not dancing on the internet. And here we are two years later and it's almost surpassing Instagram in a way. Yeah. And to me, reflecting on it is like, oh my God, I didn't do that thing in the beginning because it didn't feel on brand for me and it didn't feel right. But now it is a core indicator of relevancy. Yes. So it's always about, my brain always sits here and says, am I going to miss the boat? I'm on the boat right now, but am I one day going to miss it?
0: I know. It's
1: a real thing. And I think the constellation exists in saying that so many people in every career face that. And I think that that's just, maybe we can change the word relevant to like on the pulse or. Yeah, I um, like that.
0: When you think about it in kind of the negative or maybe more realistic way, which is like, being relevant versus not, being on the pulse versus not, is simply people watching you or not and, like, following what you're doing or not. Like, do they like me anymore? Do they not? And I think that, like, for me, it's interesting because I used to care about, like, views and likes so much that it would consume me to the core. And, like, if I had a video go wrong for the day, it would really ruin my whole day. And for me, I think that, like, the self, the character development that like I've seen in myself, even just in the past year of like the video doesn't do well. Then, Well, I liked it. Like I posted it for myself. And, Absolutely. You know, so it's just a different mind shift, but it's definitely scary.
1: I love that you just said that because I think so many people listening, tuning in that follow you that are listening to this want to be content creators too and look up yeah. to you in that field. And I think the worst headspace that you can possibly get into, and I've been there, I've crawled out of it, I've gone back in there and come back again, <laughs> is to create content solely on the idea that you're creating it for what other people like. Yes. Don't forget about yourself in the content creation. Yes. Like share what you love, even if it flops.
0: Yeah. You'll get them on the next one. That's how like you really can be confident in what you're posting.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because if you can't stand behind it, if it doesn't feel authentic to you and you're just creating what you see other people creating, as we were totally. saying- you're going to lose the plot. I want to hear a little bit about how you plan content because you are someone who is like constantly producing content. It's like obviously your whole day and probably the biggest part of what you do. So what kind of goes into the mindset of
0: how, you know, say it's a Monday, what you're putting up for the week? I think exactly planning content comes in the morning. I like plan it and I'll like go through my feed and be like, oh, I haven't posted a makeup video in a while. Like I should like post that again. I haven't posted a hair video or a fashion video. And then I'll bring that while also simultaneously bringing in trending videos as well for TikTok and things like that. So it's all like mixing them together. But I don't have an exact schedule. I I go through like times where I do and times that I don't, but I don't right now.
1: I think the categorizing is a really good way to be. I have a lot of friends who use Planoly and like, you know, map out their content. That's impressive. So I use Planoly only just because I have a very visual brain. Yes. I like to see how things are going to sit. It's a good like, way to keep reminding organized. people
0: who you are. That's Absolutely. how I see it. Yeah. That's such
1: a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. I think another thing that's important as a creator is like you. It's so important to like not just stay in one lane. Yes. That's something for me that's been really like. Well, I might have started in fashion, but like I started in fashion when I was 19. Yeah, I'm now 28. I have so many other things that I want to share now than I did when I was 19. And so being able to sit down and constantly like evolve those tenants and make sure that they're always there is like the greatest thing ever.
0: I completely agree. I feel like a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people give advice that's like, how do you grow a social media platform, for example, which is a pretty basic question that comes up a lot. And a lot of people will be like, pick a niche. And like, if you're going to do makeup, solely stick to makeup and that's it. And I feel like I just never saw social media be that way. In my head, it was like, okay, I'm gonna post makeup videos and like all these people that like makeup are gonna follow me. And then I'm gonna post my cooking videos because everyone that likes cooking. And then you just like bring in so many different people and then maybe teach them about the different categories as well.
1: I think that there's two ways to be. I think both can be really successful. I feel like I'm more of like the lifestyle person. Like I want to share my city guides and I want to share what I'm wearing and I want to share my dog and my life and my travels. I don't want to just show my outfits every day because I know for me I want to share more than that. Yes, but I do have people who I love to follow that you know only post one thing. They post incredible makeup looks, or one of my favorite episodes we've ever done is with Half Baked Harvest, who is an incredible chef, and she posts a new recipe every single day, and she has five million followers and like is a best-selling cookbook author. Yeah, so I think that. There are you can exist in two different worlds. I think if you're going to post one thing, go all all in on it, become the expert in it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to post lifestyle like that, absolutely works, too.
0: I completely agree.
1: So you have a bunch of followers on Instagram and a bunch of followers on TikTok. And to me, the content is so different. They have to exist yeah. in totally different worlds. And that's something that I hear so often now, like among my fellow creators, I feel like that's something we're constantly in conversation about is like, oh, what do I create for TikTok? And what do I create for Instagram? So totally. can you share your best advice and kind of best practices in deciding what goes where?
0: Well, I think that for, for Instagram, in the beginning, I decided that it was going to be really like my fashion platform where t- I always describe it like TikTok is where I will film me choosing what my outfit is going to be and being like, should I wear this or this or this? And choosing it all together. And then Instagram will be like the final look for it. But as Instagram changes with reels and videos and everything like that, I'm trying to evolve too, which is really scary. But because I always saw Instagram as like, I want to keep it very polished. But I think that I'm trying to steer away from that as well. But that's like the the finished product from my TikToks. Yeah, I do
1: think there's room for like more personality and more personal moments on Instagram. But I just don't I feel like it feels so out of place sometimes.
0: Yeah. See that. Me too. Yeah. I I, mean, I really love my Instagram stories. Like I love Instagram stories for me are the TikTok. Yes. I agree. They're the
1: same content.
0: I completely agree. That's how I feel. I love Instagram stories so much.
1: That's so interesting. What do you love about it?
0: There's something so liberating and easy about the fact that it's only going to be up for twenty four hours and like whatever I say, like I can always delete it. And it's like, or people just like tap through and maybe forget about it. But I just love watching them. I love posting them for some reason. And I feel like it can be a mix of whether it's like reposting something or posting like a very curated picture and then also just like explaining what you're doing for the day or like, yeah, oops, I just tripped and spilled my matcha. Look how funny this is. Ha <laughs> ha. Plus, I love like the DM swiped ups. it's like nice to see instant responses from what you're doing.
1: Completely agree. A lot of the times when I'm working with like brand partners now or thinking of ways to promote a new episode, I'm like, put the more like detailed, random things in the story so you can communicate with people and like get that instant satisfaction of like human response instead of like maybe a comment that feels like, kind of passe. Yeah. It's like, how can you engage with your audience in a more casual way? And stories is totally that for me. I agree. Like, it's just this like really chill. It's only 24 hours. Like it can easily go away in a second. Speaking of content platforms, you just launched a new podcast. I'll be your sister. Thank you.
0: Welcome to the podcast world. I love the podcast world. It's so fun. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love to hear when people are excited about
0: being a podcaster. Yeah. I mean, Don't get me wrong. At the beginning, when I started, it was hard. I redid my first two episodes like three or four times. I was like, I can't get it right. I'm like, it's not going to be perfect. I know. And then I just had to accept that like it's not going to be perfect. And I listened to a million podcasts that like aren't perfect and I don't ever notice. So it definitely I had to get to the point of being like excited to film them.
1: It's very scary. Starting out is so sticky. I never I, I it is like going to the dentist when yeah. I have to go back and listen to my first couple episodes. But I promise you like you will g- grow through it and like you'll find your comfortability and you'll quite literally find your voice. And it's such a liberating and really intimate platform. I'm, I, I know you're gonna love it.
0: Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I even said that on my first episode where it's nice to like be on a long form or long form content platform that like you can explain those types of things Mm -hmm. where I literally was like, I know this is not going to be my best episode and I'm excited to grow it.
1: Yeah, I think it feels like all of the things that we want to share on TikTok and Instagram feel almost like a mini version of what we really want to say. And the podcast is a way to fully embellish on it and let people into our thought processes and how we feel and think and move throughout the world. Exactly why I started it.
0: I'm predominantly on TikTok, which is like short form video content. And it's not like I can post a 30 minute TikTok of me describing my boy problems or mean girls in high school or issues that are going on in the world. And so I feel like I had finally gotten to a point where I was on social media and like past the hate finally that I feel like I was ready to open up and show people like every part about me. And that's really why I started the podcast, I'll Be Your Sister. And I love the episodes because I decided to do them really short and sweet. I like the thought process was when I was in high school, I had a really hard time in high school with like Mean Girls and everything. And I always sat alone at lunch and would listen to podcasts. And my lunch period was always like 25 to 30 minutes. So I figured I would make the podcast that long for like just like a little nugget that you eat, you know, like a little I M&M. Love,
1: I love that. It's like a lunchtime break. I also love that you were able to take that moment from something that was particularly difficult in your life and turn it into like a really valuable thing for your listeners.
0: Thank you. I feel like a lot of people go through that. It was hard, but got through it.
1: It seems like you used a lot of the things that were hard to,
0: as kind of moments of strength in your career now. I agree. I mean, I was lucky in like, when we went into quarantine and I got to switch to online school, I was like, yes, I don't have to go to school, like in person anymore. I don't get to like get made fun of anymore and like have people's opinions on me. And that's really what let me start social media because before I started, I would like post YouTube videos. And again, I told you that like I was always filming everything and editing like all these videos and posting them and instantly taking them down because I was scared of what people were saying. And so the fact that like I got to end that really was something that like I don't take for granted. And I was really I'm really grateful for.
1: What content are you seeing right now
0: that's really inspiring to you? I think that it's really inspiring to see people open up more on social media and on TikTok. I even think that like YouTubers that I used to watch when I was little that like their videos seemed so curated and saturated and all these different things. I now watch their TikToks and they're like describing their issues in their life and like doing outfit videos while also describing like what went wrong in their day is like something that's really inspiring to me because it just feels like all of us are part of a community and we're all going through things and like the fact that we can share them and all relate to them is really inspiring.
1: What's exciting you the most right now about the future? I
0: think that's what's exciting to me right now is the fact that I'm 18 and like I think that it's really I get into like the fact that I've been doing this for two and a half years. And for me, it seems so long. I've never done something consistently for this long in my life. And sometimes it can get scary that like, I don't know where I'm going. But the fact that like, I can sit here and be like, I just graduated high school and I have so much time is really inspiring and exciting. And I also think that like, This year, I really want to work on my self-confidence, not only in myself, but also confidence in what I do and being like full force, proud of being a content creator. And again, being like a TikToker in the age of TikTok and just being proud of what I have personally built and also like what we have built as a society on social media. I love
1: that. Thank you for coming on today. It was so awesome to talk to you. I loved hearing all about your social media world and also just relating on so many things with you. It was really great.
0: So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.